Hey, everybody. Pitch hitting for Neil, who is a little under the weather. We got uh, Super Bowl preview. We got the rest of the NFL news to talk about. We hope you enjoy this latest episode of the Third Shift Football Podcast. Super Bowl weekend. Yes, I'm going to say it, even though it is copyrighted, because only is five it? people listened to our podcast the last episode. So I don't think we'll get in trouble, Neil. Is it copyrighted? The Super Bowl weekend. So if you're, if you're, so let's say for example we are affiliated with Fox, we could say Super Bowl as many times as we want. Mm-hmm. Next year, I think it's on CBS. Whichever network it's on, CBS, NBC, or ESPN, um, you can only say the big game. You can't say Super Bowl. Wow, that's dumb. So, yes. Anyway, welcome to Super Bowl weekend. It's the Third Shift Football Podcast. Uh, Neil, uh, I know you've been a little under the weather. I apologize for not uh, recording earlier this week. It's Friday at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Neil, you hanging in there? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I apologies if i don't sound as good as usual but you know it is what it is i know i was sick last week so you know this the play so so it's you i caught it from you yes through the the computers yes um 5g we've discussed this yes uh a lot happened actually last week and we wanted to record and then i was dead more dead than neil this is true Uh, um so let's get through it and then we'll get to the super bowl neil um I think the biggest one is Tom Brady retiring officially. He even put in his retirement paperwork in the NFL on his Friday. Um, yeah. Are you shocked or how do you feel about that? No, you could kind of feel the end was coming this year. Like with the way that the kind of the sadness that was the Bucks and like he just kept getting hit and hit and hit. And you just you could see the fire fading from his eyes. So I'm not surprised at all. He yeah. shouldn't have come back in the first place, but, you know, ruined his family. For coming back, right? And what he accomplished, literally nothing. Um, First losing season of his career. Yeah, because he, which is astounding, right? 23 years. Um, I don't want to get too much into his career. I think he made the right move. Um, I hated that it destroyed his family, personally, which that's an assumption. So, allegedly, it, it ruined his family, but... Um, I mean, the guy's had a Hall of Fame career with New England and even Tampa Bay. He's had three great seasons for them, even at his age. Um, but he even told people on his podcast he was tired of getting hit. Yeah. And it was very evident this year. He did not want to take a hit. And I can't blame him. He's 45 fucking years old. I don't want to take a hit, and I'm 29. <laughs> oh, no. If I took a hit from an NFL linebacker, I'd explode into a cloud of blood and dust. So I get it. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see what the Bucks do. They are not on the Derek Carr sweepstakes, which is the next piece of news. Um, he it sounds like he's going to New Orleans. How? How like he's going there, or like why he's going to New Orleans? No, 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 no. How he's he going there? The, the if I last I checked, I think the Saints are something like sixty million over. The They're cap. gonna have to give up assets. That's the only way, unless they turn his salary into a signing bonus. There's you can only do so much. I don't know. It's the it's the and way like they prolong his cap hit till later. 
the things they do with their cat, man. It's, it's wild. Um, but it sounds like a third round pick is all it's going to take, which I think is crazy, right? Because think about the Colts last season, last off season, they traded a third round pick for Matt Ryan. Now, granted, Matt Ryan did not have a good year. Let's be honest. But Derek Carr's got a lot of football left. Well, how old is he? He's like 30. Yeah, he's still got some gas in the tank. Yeah, I didn't even feel like he was the problem in Vegas. Never yeah. 31. He'll turn 32 at the end of March. So, I mean, that's still relatively not – it's not old. It's not young. I mean, he's younger than Russell Wilson. So, um, we'll see. We'll probably get a lot more answers after the Super Bowl on that front. Um, the other news is Sean Payton is officially the Denver Broncos head coach. I'm so excited that I just... That's awful. If you're in the AFC West, it just got infinitely harder. Sean Payton knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, but we'll see if, if like, because we were talking about how the rot, like, we've been talking about the roster the last couple of years. I think last year kind of showed, like, hey, maybe this roster isn't as far as long as we thought it was. Their O line's not that great. And with an older Russ, that's a problem. They're kind of thin at pass catcher more so than we realized. Their defense is kind of ready, but we'll see. Also, they didn't have Tim Patrick, though, when it comes to pass catchers. That's my point is if if one receiver going down scuttles your entire offensive philosophy, then that's a problem. I like Tim Patrick. I love Tim Patrick, but he's not exactly. But he's not exactly like a game changing wide receiver talent. Sorry, I just saw the jazz score and they just beat Toronto with nine players. Yay. Um, which by the way, if you did not pay attention to the NBA trade trade deadline, shame on you. Why did something that, ha- did, did something happen? Something like 20, 23 trades. Sheesh. Um let's so I'm I'm really excited for Sean Payne. I don't know if we talked about Kellen Moore going to the Chargers either as offensive coordinator. I think we did in our lost okay. episode, as okay. I'm calling it. <laughs> I mean, the AFC West is actually harder. I think it's one thing to sign players, right? Like the, the a, like teams in the AFC West did last year. I think it's another thing when you bring in experienced play callers that could really change the dynamics of the division, right? Kellen Moore with Justin Herbert on paper should be phenomenal. Sean Payton should play to the strengths of Russ a little bit better than Nathaniel Hackett ever did. I think Hackett trusted Russell too much, and we know you can't do that with Russell. He's not that quarterback. I don't think he ever was, and that's on all of us for not recognizing that sooner. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's how no, I feel I about Russ. I think there was a good version of Russ, and I think there's still a good version of Russ, and just your – I think everything broke down and Hackett was not quite the play caller we thought he was, which is fair. He was only really good for those two years in Green Bay. And when you're under Mike LaFleur, how much are you doing? So, yeah, Peyton should be an upgrade, but we'll see. And the, like Kellen Moore to the Chargers, that's great. That's great for them. Um, um, and then speaking of Daniel Hackett, he's now the offense coordinator to Jets. And Aaron Rodgers is doing a quote unquote four day darkness retreat. I just don't listen to the words coming out of his mouth. He's going to decide if he's going to retire or play football. It's like, good grief. Make it more about yourself. Um, Let's see what else I have. Frank Wright was hired by the Carolina Panthers as his head coach. Yeah, I think – did we talk about this? I feel like we talked about it. I think we did. Uh, I just don't want to miss anything. 
And the Cardinals Colts, it sounds like we'll know at their Super Bowl who both teams hire. They're the last two teams. I have not made a decision yet. Um, interesting point though with the Colts, Darius Leonard was on Pat McAfee's show on Friday, and he gave a full endorsement for Jeff Saturday. Like full, not fake, not scripted version of supporting Jeff Saturday, which I found interesting. He was the first player I have heard following the regular season to give that kind of endorsement. I don't know if I sent that to you if you heard it, but it it felt real. I mean, yeah, good for good for Jeff, but I mean, he should not be the coach of that team. I don't care about a player endorsement. Players like shit coaches all the time. Well, I I, I, I hear that, but it's one thing when it's one of the best linebackers in football. Okay, that's fine. Jeff's a good people person. Everyone says he's a great guy. I'm just not sure he's a football coach, like a good football coach. Sure. And also, and like, and like, even then, like, the insult to the rest of the league and all these guys have done it when the guy who is a TV analyst comes in absolutely shits the bed for most of his tenure, including giving up the biggest lead in NFL history. And then he still gets another chance. And then like all these guys like Steve Wilkes, who like came in and killed it, doesn't get it after being shit can in Arizona, Brian Flores, so many coaches who just got absolutely shit on for no reason. And then Jeff Saturday comes in cold from ESPN, does a terrible job and then gets round two. No, that's just wrong. It feels wrong. It does. So, um, Pro Bowl, uh, I hated it. I didn't watch it, which is an annual tradition for me, so I have no real comments. I respect the NFL trying something different, but here's been my philosophy for the last few years. Announce they're a Pro Bowler, don't do anything else. You're saying just can the game altogether? Yeah, I. it just felt so corny. It, it, it Okay. I think it's a crime that people paid money, whether you signed the seats or you paid advertising dollars, to pretty much watch a glorified training camp. I don't think it's a scam, though, because we all know that's what it's going to be for, what, like since last year? Yeah, but, I mean, now we saw it happen, right? And that's what it looked like. I mean, I again, I think the NFL did a great job of trying something different. But it just looks like seven on seven it, training camp drills. They see every July and August. Like, what are we doing? I don't know. It's just. And it's then always... if you're going to have it, if you're going to do that, just play in Hawaii. Give Hawaii that game back. God, I agree with that part. Like, guys just want to go there. Like, everybody wants to go to Honolulu in, in January. Are you kidding me? Well, one, they need to move. They do need – I think they need to move the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl again. That needs to be a thing. Yeah, because that way, like, players like Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, they can all go to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it needs to be after again. I, I don't know how to fix the Pro Bowl, though. Like, that's the problem. It's like – There is no fix. No, there is. There's no good all-star games anymore. Like, there's just not. Like, the best one, I think, is baseball, honestly, because they just kind of show up and play. But that's because baseball's more like – a non-contact sport. I would say the fourth quarter of the NBA is really good when they get into the um oh my god, what's the what huh? Elam rule. Yeah, the Elam rule. I think that's pretty good. But you're yeah, right. But I mean the NHL also the NHL all-star game happened the week before, and it was terrible. 
Yeah, or the day before. It was terrible. Because it's because nowadays with load management, all these things, guys are like, hell no, I'm not getting lit up or trying that hard at this game. I'm not going to get freaking hurt. Miles Garrett dislocated his toe on a drill. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's shit. Freak shit happens. But like those guys aren't going to go 100%. They're not going to run into each other and get hurt. I, I respect that. Which is why it's like, I just don't, I think the All-Star game is dead, just in the modern day era, except for baseball, because baseball, you can just kind of play baseball without people getting hurt and still do shit. It's just, you can't do that. Basketball, you can't try as hard. Those guys dick around. They want to go full speed. Football, no one's going to be hitting each other that hard, except for Sean Taylor that one time. And let's be quite honest, that was kind of a dick move. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. same with the NHL. It's just you can't do it. Guys are too conscious about their health. People are You too know it'd be cool about the NHL. I know it'd be tough if they play in places like Sunrise. They should have it outdoors. That would be neat, yeah. I, I think that'd be a cool concept they decide to do that. Like Matt, because they're going to Toronto for the NHL, right? Next year. Play mm-hmm. outdoors. Yeah. They'd add an extra element. Um, but with the NFL, if they're gonna continue this prop this uh not process what they're going to do with the pro bowl go back to hawaii let's not do it in vegas that's garbage let's not do it in continental usa if you're going to do it in continental usa do it where there's not an nfl team take your best players somewhere where normal fans can't go poughkeepsie or like Eugene, Oregon, Knoxville, Tennessee, um, a Tuscaloosa. Well, I, I think no, I'm serious. Well, like I know, I, I understand what you're saying, and I get the sentiment. You just have to be careful because you still want to be in a big market. Like I was kind of being tongue in cheek, but like Portland, I could see, but you still need to be in a big city because you people need to a Salt be able Lake. to get there. B Salt Lake, St. Maybe. Louis. St. Louis would be a slap to the face of St. Louis football fans everywhere. I'm not sure, sure. I'd ever. I'm the NFL. I'm not sure I'm ever touching. All I'm saying is, don't hold it. Hold it in Hawaii at least every year, and put oh. it the week after the Super Bowl. It's okay if we have a dead week of no football. Everybody two will live. Be two weeks. Do that. Yeah. Everybody will live. It'll be okay. Um. Anything else before going to the Super Bowl, Neil? No, no, not really. All right, so this this game is very fascinating to me, and I know you are not looking forward to the game because it is stressful if your team's in it. Trust me, if your team ever makes the Super Bowl, it's a stressful fucking day. Do you do you remember we were talking to our mutual friend John one time in college, and John's a Pats fan, and this is during the like the the latter Pats run. Yeah. And he was saying to us something about like, you know, it's actually like, not that he doesn't want them to be there, but it's kind of better when the Pats aren't in the Super Bowl because there's less stress. And the general response from those of us in the room, which was a Niners fan, Colts fan, and at the time Chiefs fan, which was a struggle at the time that has changed clearly. It's like a fuck off, like it's like first world problems. I kind of get it now. No, and I got it too as a Colts fan, right? I mean, I only got to see my team in two Super Bowls. They're stressful, man. Because yeah. whether you bet on the game, whether you have an investment, it's stressful as shit. It's one game. Hey, I think that's work. that's the beauty of the NFL playoffs, I think. It's kind of got like a March Madness feel. 
Um, yeah. where it's just one game. Anything can fucking happen. Like Bart, Bart um is Boston Scott or whatever his name is for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He can go off. He can have like a two hundred yard fucking day and win the game, win the MVP. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of these type of games. Um but I find the game fascinating. And I see it going either way, which is why the line's at one and a half. It got as high as three and a half for the Eagles. It's still one and a half for the Eagles. Um, It's been at minus 122, I think. I'm checking real quick on FanDuel. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, they're minus 122 on the money line, the Eagles. Um. Neil, as a not take the Chiefs fan amount. Yeah. What, what? How do you feel about the game? I I'm with you. I think I, with everybody else. I mean, let's be honest. There's all this game's been talked to death in the last two weeks, but I think it's a fascinating matchup because far and away, this is the best team the Eagles have faced all year. Like it's been repeated to death. But the Eagles had the easiest strength of schedule in the NFL this year, and they really haven't been battle tested, especially with a like a quarterback of Mahomes caliber. And that's interesting because I think it's from Nate Tice of the athletic or no, it was Timo risk from PFF was supposed to something about like the top four offenses, the Eagles faced like the Jags, the Packers. I don't remember the third one. And then like the Cowboys with Dak, three of those four teams hung 33 plus points on them on this very vaunted Eagles defense. So I'm not saying it's bad. They're very good. But three of those teams on 33 plus, and the one that didn't is the Jags, and that was at a freaking monsoon. So I would say the Commanders were led by Taylor Heineke as well. I said top offenses, not any offense. But Taylor Heineke put up over 30 points too. Yeah, no, like they they're like as good as the Eagles defense has been, they've shown cracks. Like they they have cracks, and that's gonna be interesting to see how a what's looking like a fairly healthy i wish they had mccall hardman but he's out but a fairly healthy looking chiefs team is slowly coming into this game it's going to be interesting to see how mahomes and reed attack this defense and see if they can live up to their billing or if they've kind of been just like a sheep and wolves clothing all year and then on the other side it's going to be can kansas city stop the run game because with the in this postseason, it's become very clear that something's still wrong with Jalen. A hundred percent. He has not looked right in any of the games, but it hasn't mattered because the run game's so dominant and they've just been getting to these huge leads that and it just doesn't matter. I mean, they faced the Giants, we're just outmatched, then they faced the So real quick on that. So the Bears game he got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go back a few games before he got hurt. I want to go back as far as, um, wow. Okay, so the first two, so the Lions first week, two hundred forty three yards, three thirty three against the Vikings, three forty for the Commanders. This is when everybody was like, "Oh, the Eagles might be for real." Outside of that, he's had one game, two games over three hundred yards, four games over two hundred fifty yards. Five games over 225 yards. And that's fine. Like the way the nah, Eagles. No, that, that's concerning to me. It's see, it's concerning to me because I was like the last couple of weeks. Like the number, the raw numbers with Jalen are always going to be a bit wonky because that's just not how the, the Eagles run their offense. They 
they run the ball a lot. They're designed to get ahead and stay ahead. That is what they do. And if you get behind on them, it, it's over, more or less, unless you can, like, sure. But, so, like, if, yeah, if he throws for 200 yards, fine. The ground game ran for 200. Who cares? But the last couple of weeks, he has not been as accurate on deep throws. He clearly does not want to be hit. He he just hasn't been the same quarterback. And unless their ground game can really take over, which with that O-line it could, that concerns me. But on the same time, the Chiefs have been so bad against the run, it might not matter. Yeah, I am fascinated who wins up front. You would think the Eagles had the edge there. Yeah, on both sides. Yeah, but I think there's a few keys for the Eagles to win this game. I think one Jalen has to hit these deep shots to Devontae and AJ Brown. I know they can run the ball, but at some point you have to beat man coverage when the Chiefs blitz. And if they don't like, let's say it's second and eight, and they get the wide open throw that could be a 60 yard gain and he misses, then it's third and long. And then you're punting if you don't get the next down, right? Mm-hmm. And then you give Mahomes a lot of possessions with Andy Reid, they're going to figure it out, right? Yeah. So I think it's important for Jalen to hit those throws. I'm not saying hit home run throws every time. Just something that's 25 plus, right? I just think they need to be able to stretch the field and keep the defense honest. Um, but their defense for the Eagles, they have to hit Patrick. Yeah. If, like if they don't hit Patrick Neal, I don't think they're gonna win a shootout. Like I think I think Patrick's going to destroy this defense if he's upright. I, yeah, I don't I think, think he has to move. They're gonna have to take advantage of the fact that like the Chiefs tackles have been let's just say hit or miss this season. Yeah. The interior line's good. So that's fine. But if you're the Chiefs, like Orlando Brown Jr. has been kind of up and down. And Andrew Wiley's still Andrew Wiley. I still don't understand how they haven't had a better option than him. But so it's going to be Andrew Wiley versus Hassan Reddick. And then ugh, the pass rusher on the other side with Brown. But anyway, they're probably going to have to send help over there. And it's going to be, they're going to have to win that matchup on the edges and get Patrick under some fire. You're right, because, I mean, there's a good chance his ankle's a little better than it was against Cincinnati, which is probably true because it's two more weeks on. He's entering, like, actual recovery from an ankle sprain mm-hmm. period. Um, yeah. But you need to hit him, and you're right. It's good. That's what their what their defensive line does against the Chiefs' O-line, especially the tackles, is going to be a huge factor in this game. I think for the other side of the ball, though, and I think it mainly falls on offense because – I'm not sure what the key is for the Chiefs defense. I guess just limit the big plays and keep Jalen in the pocket and make him be from the pocket. If he does, you tip your hat and move on. Well, I mean, in fairness to Jalen, everyone's talking about that, but doesn't he have, like, the best pocket numbers this year of any quarterback? I don't know without the stats, but I know he's been dynamic when he's on rollouts. Yeah, you don't want him to run, but I think even in pocket, he's been good. If you're the Chiefs defense, what you need to do is you need – it's the same on the other side. You need to get some sort of pressure. You cannot let this offensive line beat up on you. And they need to do pressure without blitzing. I know Spags loves the blitz, but if they can send four every time, every defensive coordinator will take that. I'm actually more okay with them blitzing in this game. Uh, it scares really? me against Burrow and stuff, but Hurts is – Hertz is still a young developing quarterback. You can confuse him. 
Do you think it's because of the deep shots he can't connect? No, it's not even because of that. It's the idea that, look, one, Hurts has kind of the last couple of weeks been like, okay, I don't want to get hit. But also, two, he, he's still young. He's still like Tua. He's still like even Trevor Lawrence, where he's still developing and learning to read NFL defenses in real time. And is he much improved this year? Yes, he's amazing. Like he he got an MVP vote yesterday, and it was entirely deserved. Um, unlike the Josh Allen one, which I'm not sure what that person was looking at, but that's fine. Um, but he can still be confused. He's not like a Tom Brady or a Joe Burrow, where his like pre and post snap processing is just so quick that if you send an extra rusher they will throw to the hole where that rusher was before you can do anything about it. Jalen's not quite there yet. So if you can get heat on him, if you would like sim pressures or just kind of all the ways that spags can dream up to blitz somebody that could actually give them an edge in this game. I bitch about Steve Spagnuolo sometimes, but his game to game planning, especially in the playoffs is outstanding. It's legendary. Like it's well known. Um, Sorry. My voice might be a little hoarse. I went to a hockey game. Apologize for that. Um, Shame on you for your voice not being 100%. Well, listen, I, I, can't, watch imagine, I, can't, imagine, I can't imagine doing this podcast with less than 100% voice. <laughs> your St. Louis Blues farm team beat the shit out of the Buffalo Sabres farm team. So Great. Um, now for the Chiefs, this goes the same way. They keep Patrick upright. It's going to be a long day for the Eagles. He's going to... I said all year Patrick was going to dominate. He got the MVP. He absolutely deserved it, especially with Jalen getting hurt. I thought Jalen would get it if he didn't get hurt, but that's it happens. But, you know, they keep talking on the broadcast that, like, oh, they missed Tyreek Hill for X, Y, and Z. No, they don't. I don't think they missed Tyreek Hill one bit this year. Oh, they miss him a bit, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but they but – they, they still execute. I think they execute at an even higher clip this year. And I don't think we would ever see this level from Patrick if Tyreek was on the roster. I don't think we would see it for another five years. No, you're you're right on that one. I think it has made Patrick a better quarterback by having more egalitarian. Which is like we, we just said the best quarterback in the whole fucking league is now better. Yeah, think about that, right? Like Josh really Allen didn't really it. improve this year. He's still an alien, but he didn't really improve. Same with Justin Herbert. We know who Joe Burrow is. Joe's a fucking killer. But like Patrick Mahomes got better. Yeah, I mean it's the testament of him as a player. Um, for me, I think for the Chiefs on the offensive side of the ball, beyond what we already talked about with uh, winning on the edges. I think it's going to be how they get their guys into space. I think you need to get scheme stuff up to Kadarius Tony. You got to get this Eagles defense moving laterally, and you got to take advantage of the weak part of their secondary, um, which is probably their linebackers. Like I like Kazir White, but they're not great. So if you can find a way to get them into space and get them, and actually their whole defense, if you can get into space and make them tackle, that's a big thing for them. They're maybe not the most sure-handed tackling team, but they're so. They've been so good at getting pressure, it's kind of not mattered. But if you're the Chiefs and you have Patrick, who's amazing at manipulating the pocket and shedding pressure, if you can get them into space and force them to tackle, I think it'll be rough for them. All right, Neil, before we pick the game, one player from each team do you think could be the X Factor? 
I got one for each team. You go first then. I think AJ Brown has to have a monster game. Okay. Like I, I see like if he can be there for Jalen at any point, he can get MVP. Like if I, I think I could bet on MVP, I might sprinkle AJ Brown. Um, and then I think for the Chiefs, it's Darius Tony. He oh, was a mine. he was a monster in the Jags game, and he got hurt in the Bengals game, and it was such a dramatic decline in receiver production for the Chiefs in that game. Him fully healthy against this Eagles secondary, who's going to focus most of their attention on Kelsey, he should eat. I'm not saying he's going to win MVP. I don't recommend you putting anything on him to win it. But he is by far the most dynamic weapon that's not Travis Kelsey or Jerry McKinnon. Yep. I can agree with that. Okay. Um, since I have to think of a new Chiefs one on the spot. Um, no, no. You can take Tony. That's no, fine. I, I'll do something different. Um, so for the – I'm going to cheat a little on the Eagles. I think for the Eagles, their X-Factors game are going to be Landon Dickerson and Isaac Samalo. How they hold up on the interior against Chris Jones and like Mike Dana is going to be huge in this game because the one of the Chiefs' best ways of just ruining you is Chris Jones just winning. And so their, ta- their guards and by some extension, Jason Kelsey are going to have to do as much as they can to stop Chris Jones from absolutely ruining their game plan. Because you saw it happen to you saw it happen to the uh, the Bengals. You saw it someone happen to the Jaguars. If he gets in a rhythm and he can start beating people. It's going to be a long day. So I think their guards are a huge thing in this game. And then for the Chiefs side. I have a backup for you if you want it. You know what? I am going to go with Orlando Brown Jr. Really? Okay. I was not expecting that. Well, because here's here's what the Chiefs are probably going to do. Hassan Reddick rushes from the white side where Andrew Wiley is. And Andrew Wiley is probably the clear wink link on this offensive line. So they're probably going to send help over there. So that's maybe not as much much as an X factor, but on the other side against like Brandon Graham or Josh sweat or yada, 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 there will be Orlando Brown jr. Probably on an Island. Now he performs in this game is going to be big to the chiefs offense. If he can stay stout, if he can stay up and not get completely just buried, then that helps the Chiefs win this game because they can just send help over to Andrew Wiley's side and then to try and mitigate the Hassan Reddick problem, and then they can work off of that. But if they have to try and get help for both tackles, that's not a winning formula. And so if he's getting beat, that's going to be an issue. So I think how he performs is going to be huge in this game. All right. Who wins? It's okay if you take the bias pick. This explain no. this explain yourself. It's it's just as we said before, it's tough because the Eagles probably on the overall have the better roster, but the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and that's a big deal. I'm probably gonna take the Eagles to win 31 to 27, something like that. So you got them covering one half, which I just the Chiefs defense has not it's been better. It's been much better. Like it's since the bye week they've been like eleventh in DVOA and fifth in success rate or something like that. They've been much better, especially with the young pieces improving. But I think their deficiencies against the run are gonna be a problem. And then the other side, 
I just don't, I don't trust their tackles. And if they can't, if they're just teeing off all day, it might be the Buccaneers game again, but I think Mahomes on a slightly healthier angle keeps in the game. And God, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> um, I can see Chris Jones winning MVP. Um, I don't think it'll be the sacks. I think it, he is going to have to dominate every snap against Jason Kelsey, which is asking a lot. But Chris uh-huh. Jones is that dude. Um, I got the Chiefs. I got him twenty-eight to seventeen. I don't trust. I I just don't trust Jalen Hurts. Like I love Jalen Hurts. I love the success story that he is. And this is nothing personal. This is just me watching every game this year, and really watching the Eagles closely. They're not the same team since he got hurt. He is afraid to get hit. He can't hit on the deep balls, which made their offense explosive all year. Because then teams had to be honest, and they could just gash you on the run game. If they do those things, they should win because they're going to keep the ball away from Patrick, and Patrick won't have enough possessions to do anything. I think they're going to get into situations where it's third and long because they don't hit on those deep shots that they're aggressive about on second and first down. It's going to really cost them because I think if they give Patrick and Andy and Eric Bieniemy a lot of possessions this game, like what – maybe 10 to 12 possessions, they're going to score four times, right? I mean, they're going to score three to four times. Can you score more than that against the Chiefs? Yeah. And I'm just not – I'm not confident in that. Like, let's be honest, Neil. They should have lost to the 49ers. They had a fucking starting quarterback. That I'm Niners sure. defense gave the Eagles every problem they could handle. They just got gassed because they were on the field almost the whole game. No, yeah, the the the, the that's you're right. It's a different game against the Niners at the like, same The Forty sure Niners talking all the shit. I actually don't mind it. They're not wrong. <laughs> yes, they lost, but everybody and their cousin that knows sports knows the that game's a hundred percent different. Brock doesn't get hurt, and that's crazy to think because he's a third string quarterback. But that's how good he was playing. I, I love the people going like, because who was it? it was Debo Samuel saying, oh, we would have won. People like, oh, you're screwed. It's like, what, what did you want him to say? Like, is he going to be like, yeah, no, we were screwed no matter what? No, he's going to think they could win. And like, as far as you know, you don't know that he's wrong. Like the 49ers had the best roster in football. Like they, if they played the Chiefs, I picked it. I picked them to win it. It didn't matter that. Are you Patrick sure was, about that one? <laughs> I, I would have, if the 49ers had Brock Purdy. And they were in this game, yeah. Okay. I would have picked them over the Chiefs. <laughs> it didn't matter that Mahomes is on the other side. I loved that Niners team because they were everything I love about football, and they were they were just stacked at every position, except for maybe secondary. But that secondary played well against the Eagles. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that one because I've I can actually directly tell you how the matchup between the Chiefs' offense and the Niners' defense goes. It's 41 points. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, but anyway, that's beside the point. Um, I just, all I'm trying to say is, is I think, I just don't trust the Eagles offense in the throw game. And I could be 100% wrong and that's okay on my end. They're going to give the Chiefs offense too many possessions. And it's going to cost them. I think it's gonna be a good game. I'm excited for this one. Oh, I love it. I see how the Chiefs' really young secondary is gonna hold up in this game because that's gonna be fascinating seeing three rookies out there in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. I mean, they have a rookie on the defensive line too. I mean, this, this chief's defense is young yeah. and Chris Jones is even that old. Was he 28? Yeah. Something like that. He was drafted. No, wait, no, he's old enough. He was drafted in 27, 16 or 17. I think 16. He is 28. Wow. Damn. What year was he drafted? Was he drafted in 16? Yeah. But we finally got the best two teams to play each other in the Super Bowl in how many years? It, it's been a while. Uh, I don't. I don't. I like. I know by seeding, you're right. But like, I, I disagree. Like Chiefs, Bucks. Like that was too clearly the two best teams. A couple years ago, even Chiefs, Niners. Like last year, you could split hairs over Rams. Bengals, but I usually think the Super matchup's pretty indicative. Sure, it is, but I guess by one seeds, yeah. we finally have that. So, um, again, the game starts at six thirty Eastern. It's on Fox. I'm really excited to see how Craig Olson does and Kevin Burkhart. It's the first time Fox has had somebody not Joe Buck or Troy Aikman in the booth for a Super Bowl in twenty years. I'm excited for Greg Olson. I like him. Love him a lot. Um. Yeah, that's it, Neil. We finally made it. Yeah. Two days away, whenever you're listening to this on the Super Bowl weekend. Um, you got anything you want to add, Neil? Uh, no, I just hope I'm feeling much better by Sunday so I can, you know, ride the anxiety wave and hopefully the Chiefs win. I mean, admittedly, I am the eternal pessimist. If this pod had been on two years ago, I would have chosen them to lose against the Niners too, so... <laughs> He, he did pick the Niners, people. I have facts on that. Um, we'll probably record on Monday. Um, if if neither of our teams were in this Super Bowl, we probably record Sunday. But we're going to give ourselves a day. We'll do that. And we'll go from there. So uh, we hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to us. We appreciate it. We hope you have a wonderful day. Bye. Uh...